Hello, everybody. I want to start this podcast with a little, I wouldn't call it housekeeping, but just some information. Um, One of the things that I always try to do around this time of year is to help myself and to help my clients and the people that are around me handle the holidays. And I am very aware that this is not a holiday time for everybody. That there are many people that do not celebrate um, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's in, I would say, probably a typically Western-centric way. And that's great. This still applies. Over the past probably 12 to 15 years, I have focused my work in this time to helping people cope, not just people who have difficult families, um, problematic situations, and all-out trauma cope, but just all of us. Like, how can we be more present with ourselves? and not end up doing things that we regret or we feel forced into. You can go to my website, and on my website you'll find a backlog of holiday survival tips and tricks. I also have a group on Facebook that's Holiday Survival Guide, um, because this has been a passion project, if you will, of mine for about 15 years. Stay tuned. I'm going to have special guests giving their tips, what they're doing differently um, regarding the situation that we're in right now globally. Also, you know, just the difficulties around learning things that maybe shouldn't be celebrated or learning things that absolutely should not be celebrated or should be celebrated in a completely different way. So we're going to get into all that. It's important to grow and change, even when, and maybe especially, when things are hard. Because when things are hard, it's almost like there's a liminal space of learning, where we cross boundaries and are able to, I'm not saying necessarily retain more, because things are hard, but the learning curve is accelerated. And for me personally, because I can be a little bit obsessive around um, learning and changing, um, I never want to waste a moment of accelerated growth. And this time for me has been a lot of accelerated growth and then also just laying around not really knowing how to move forward. So it's been a lot of everything and nothing. So please stay tuned. If you have a thought, if you have something you think would be helpful to this community that I'm building here, please reach out to me. I will interview you. I want all the tips and tricks. I want to know secret knowledge that maybe somebody had in their family for hundreds of years that can help all of us get through if you're willing to share it. So please stay tuned and thank you for listening.
Hello, and welcome to another episode of Soul Care with me, Angie Fatal. I am here, like usual, in my room. And it is a relatively peaceful morning. We've had a ton of rain. The kind of rain in Oregon where sometimes I get nervous that it's the apocalypse <laughs> because it is so intense and the sky turns such a crazy color. And there was a double rainbow the other day. And I grew up here and I still sometimes get freaked out by the amount of rain that we can get in, a, in an hour period of time. My pronouns are she, her, hers. I am on the unceded land of the Multnomah, Kathlamet, Clackamas, Cowlitz Bands of Chinook, Tualatin, Kalapuya, Malala, so many other tribes that made their home on the Columbia River. That land was not given. That land was taken, and it was taken by force in the most brutal manner possible. We have to acknowledge that. We have to acknowledge that as a people, and I'm sure it's not unique to the United States. What we do on the land, the land carries. And we have to own it, and we have to make restitution and reconciliation and reparations for the damage that we do. And that's why I acknowledge that. And also, I acknowledge that I don't always know what to do. And I don't want to diminish the fact that that's a full stop, that I don't know what to do. And in the month of November, it is significant because it is Indigenous Peoples Month. And there's so much that we in the United States need to learn about our history that we have either by choice. Well, I, I have to say, you y'all, it's probably by choice because we have chosen not to expose ourselves to the reality of the land that we are living on, we are occupying. I want to hold that. And I don't want to let myself off the hook or you off the hook by saying, oh, it's complicated. Yes, it's fucking complicated. But everything that's worth anything typically is complicated and comes with struggle. So this month, the bare minimum of what I can do is to say that there has to be a way forward. I've been talking about this with my family for a long time, the whole Columbus ridiculous honoring that has gone on for way too long. And in fact, I think about 13 years ago, maybe 14 years ago, um, my kids were really little and they had a group that they had formed with Todd, their dad, called the Big Bashed. And it it's a songwriting game that Todd and I have practiced for years. And he created with a group of friends in college. It's known by a lot of names. Um, Ink Brethren is the version of it that we had in our community at the bridge and did for two plus years, every Sunday, every other Sunday, a songwriting game. And we wrote hundreds of songs together. 
So that's something my kids did as well. And they named their version of it the Big Bashed. And my husband's original version of it, this is way too much information for all of you, but his version of it with his friends in college is called Garbage Shoot Flyboys. And for you Star Wars nerds, you'll understand the reference. Anyway, when I was taking a class in college, I think it was Native American spiritual history and spirituality. And um, my professor was Dr. Randy Woodley. And I think it was the first time I had exposure to some of the deeper atrocities that happened that I was not familiar with in the indigenous experience in America. So I was familiar with Columbus being a fraud and a committer of genocide and a thief and just a piece of shit human. I think, and I was familiar with the Trail of Tears and the overall canopy of atrocity. I was not familiar with some of the horrible things, and I'm not going to get into it um, in this podcast, but I strongly urge you to do your own research on specific battles that happened um, on the soil that a person living in the United States, you're on that soil and um, it affects you. So, so much, I've learned so much in that class and so much that um, just could barely stomach of what happened to the original people on this land. And out of it, you know, I came home at different times and would have conversations with my kids, obviously not giving them the deep, brutal story because they were in like second grade and kindergarten or something like that. Um, but talking about Columbus and how you're going to get taught about Columbus in school and it's a lie. And out of that came this amazing Big Bash song. That's called, I think it's called Columbus Go Home. And I'm going to try to find it and put it on here because it was awesome. And then for Columbus Day, which is a ridiculous holiday, um, my kids made banners and hung them on the tree in the front yard that basically was like, Columbus, go home. It's a lie. I can't even remember. I hope we took pictures of it. But anyway, so it's been a, it's been a long process for me, much like so many other white people a long process of me learning and shifting my thoughts. And I don't think I ever thought that the treatment of indigenous people in this country was right, even as a really young child. Um, but I was indoctrinated like many other people in this country from, from a very young age in the school system to believe a false narrative. I can't really talk about the holidays without also talking about that. And so 
I'm not going to do that work for you. Your indigenous friends, if you have them, are not going to do that work for you. But I strongly urge you, if you live in the United States of America or you live in Canada, that you need to do that work for yourself. Because we really do have to start. We are behind the ball, as somebody told me recently. Is it behind the eight ball? I don't know. We are behind the ball in understanding the story and the history. And by not understanding does not mean it's not happening to us, does not mean it's not happening to people around us, that it's not a part of the makeup of the land that we live on. How do you then celebrate knowing the story? And should you celebrate anything knowing the story? I'm not here to tell you whether to celebrate or not celebrate. Also, people listen to this podcast from all over the world. So what we're talking about right now doesn't necessarily fit into their narrative. I'm sure their countries have their own atrocities, and so maybe just apply it to that. But I do want to talk about how difficult it can be to hold that, but also still want to celebrate. And I, and I know that there are indigenous people that have taken Thanksgiving and reframed it and turned it into something beautiful and honoring of the sacrifice that happened on that, on that day. So I'm not going to really get into the nitty gritty about that. I do think um, it's the perfect moment to look if you haven't really looked before at your history to alter the way you do things, even if you're starting small, alter how you center and who you're centering. Or do drastic changes. Don't do anything on that day. It's up to you as the person. And I know it's complicated. And that's and that that's a good word for this particular thing. Because that's really what the holidays are. End up being about, I guess. Is the complications. The complications of choosing your battles. What am I what am I going to choose to tackle and what am I going to choose to let slide? What am I going to engage in and what am I going to choose to step back and save my energy to fight for another day? This is not just about people with trauma. This is about remaining as much authentically who we are, who we want to be, who we are in the core of ourselves during a time that can really push us on all sides. I'm guessing especially this year. That said, what is the way forward? The reason that I focus on this particular time of year is there are so many holidays in a row. There is 
Thanksgiving, there is Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's, Kwanzaa, and so many that I probably don't even know about. And there's not a lot of times where there's so much going on in the span of less than two months. So we got a lot of pressure. We got a pressure keg, and that brings up a lot. And so I focus my attention on how to survive, but not just how to survive, how to learn and grow, and for lack of a better word, thrive in this time. So for the next month, month and a half, I am going to be tackling things that you can do. What are your non-negotiables? What are, you, what are things that if, when it's all over, you're like, oh, I wish that I would have done that, or I wish that I would have cut that out because that would have taken care of so many other landmines that I couldn't foresee, or I could foresee, and I just couldn't or didn't have the strength to draw the boundary. So we're going to talk about all of that and how taxing and frustrating and potentially, I don't throw the word trauma out a lot, but I think it can be traumatizing. And here's why. As somebody that is a survivor, holidays typically have a lot more power because they were concentrated time in my life and in my memory, where either really bad things happen or potentially there was enough good things where I could could convince my th- myself that the bad things weren't as bad as they were. So there's the potential to delude myself that like this um, tweet that's going around that I just realized that the magic of Christmas was how amazing my mom was at turning Christmas into something fabulous. That is not my experience. But because she, my mom, had the potential potential to show up big in some ways, I could end up being in some kind of denial about her love and care for me. And I'm not saying that's wrong. It just makes it much harder to let go of a person in the way that I need to, to move forward when I give her credit for one day a year. I hope that, I hope you understand that because it is hard to kind of filter down what needs to be filtered down and live in enough reality where it's not overwhelming, but we don't give people that don't deserve the credit, credit for things that were the bare minimum. And that is a huge story. And that story teaches us so many things. It, it teaches us about our human capacity for denial. It teaches us that we have within us this monster that can overlook something for centuries in, in, in so many ways. And we also have within us the ability to not believe. And so all of those things directly affect how survivors of, you know, sexual abuse, neglect, physical violence, 
shaming, you know, abandonment, you name it, try to deal with the holidays. Because the holidays are an onslaught of all of those things, starting with Thanksgiving, which at the bare minimum is problematic. So I start there, and from there, I want to take you into steps that you can physically, emotionally create for yourself that allow you to have your power back if you need it. I do all the time. I need to take my power back all the time because either it's been taken from me or I've willingly given it. And I don't want to keep doing that. I don't want to keep giving my power away when I don't need to. Going into this holiday season, the potential for more trauma is out there. And I'm not saying that to scare us. I'm just saying that to say we need to pay attention and we can start now. And I want to start by saying one of the the huge things you can do is sit down with yourself, do a little bit of grounding. You can go to last week's episode and I think I covered two meditations. It was either last week or the week before. I I give you two kind of grounding and meditation practices that you can use, but something to kind of calm and still your body. And then just ask yourself what you want. Just the simple question, going back to nurturing from last week, you are the only one that can truly nurture yourself. So as you think about what you want, how can you Give yourself what you want. And I'm not talking about presents or things that are not even possible, like a decent parent, if you don't have a decent parent. I'm talking about things that maybe you can give yourself. Less, you know, less bombardment by the requests of other people. I'm not saying you can stop people from requesting, but you can shift your attitude to be prepared for the requests and decide what you want ahead of time. So that's the first thing I would suggest is just get still with yourself and to the best of your ability, check in and just see what you want. If you have children, know that it's going to be a harder time for them because of not being able to see people we love. And so in some ways that's harder. And in some ways for those of us that have difficult families, um, it can be easier, but still, you know, how do you fill the gap? How do you make it meaningful? How do you create ritual that is uniquely for you or for your family or for your chosen family? How do you show up? And as you look at those things, you don't have to do it all in one sitting. You can check in with yourself over the course of the next, you know, five days. I just recommend doing it before you go into whatever you're going into for American Thanksgiving, whatever you celebrate that's coming up. How do you want to go in it? 
into it. How can you show up for yourself authentic and then authentically show up wherever you go so that you don't have to cut off pieces of yourself for somebody else's benefit? Because that that isn't healthy for us. That doesn't feel good. And I want you and me to be able to show up as fully ourselves as humanly possible. Please take care of yourself. Along with these podcasts that that are going to be coming out, I'm going to have at least one guest, possibly two guests, sharing tips or tricks or just the conundrum of not knowing how they're going to go through the next month and a half, two months. So without further ado, up next, up first, and um, the number one, Molly Glennon. Thank you for taking the time, Molly. But of kills. You know, I'm looking at it like, you know, maybe the things that we that we've put into place are going to be fine. And I don't know if there's really any way to prepare. Right. But because we have, it's you know, I hate using the words the newscasters use. It's unprecedented. I know. <laughs> but I don't have another word. So, yeah. You know, how do you prepare for something that you've never done? Ding. So, yeah, that's just, I just was wondering, because I know you think about stuff, if mm-hmm. you have thought at all about what's what's coming in the next you know i don't even think it's a full two months isn't it just it's just like a month and a month and a half yep and if you have thought of anything and it really people think that i'm asking them to have an answer and that is not because it can simply be i don't have an answer i'm very afraid or I don't have an answer and I'm just taking it one day at a time or I have all the answers. <laughs> right. You, you know, which one I, I would love to be on the, on the phone. <laughs> I know me too. I'll give you my manifesto in yeah. three easy parts. <laughs> Wonderful. And I don't have to think about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I think my response to this season, which like in my own personal life, I'm in a ton of uncertainty, um, sort of up in the air around everything. Um, I just decided that I'm going to plan for no plan, basically that I'm not going to have, I'm not going to, cause like the biggest part for me and at Christmas time is anticipation. Like I'm always anticipating what's going to happen, how I'm going to plan for it, what I'm going to do because I'm going to my sisters, you know, in Canada and I will do, I, you know, I pack that two weeks full of a year's worth of activities with the kids. (laughs) And so, you know, like I, I, I literally pulled out my Christmas decorations the other night and opened a box and I had, um, all the makings for rainbow jello jigglers that I'd make them every single year because they want me to. And I'd bought them last year. So I'd be all prepared this year. Mm. That's how much I anticipate. And because this year, everything is so uncertain um, as to whether or not I'm going to be able to go at all. um, And also, you know, what, where I'm going to live and all the things Mm. I have just decided that 
I'm going to do what feels right. I'm going to listen to myself. I'm not going to try to hold to some standard of the thing that I've always, because I'm a, I'm a good person for making rules for myself and they're usually arbitrary, um, yeah. but they feel very important to me. And yeah. um, in the past I've been like, well, why doesn't everybody do it this way? Cause this is the way to do it, you know? And, <laughs> and I'm beginning to realize that, you know, all of my rules just could go out the window and everything would be just fine. <laughs> yeah. yep. And so I'm just kind of doing that. Like, I used to not decorate for Christmas before Thanksgiving and um, last year that went out the window. And I realized at that time that I didn't have enough decorations for Christmas. I only had tree decorations <laughs> and I was like, I need to get some more decorations. So I went and bought all these decorations, not tacky, cute. And yeah, um, <laughs> let's be clear. And uh, <laughs> so this year I'm pulling them all out early and I'm decorating what I can without the tree for now um, because that makes me feel better and yeah. it gives yeah. me a little bit of joy in the midst of all the crazy. Um, but yeah, like I think I'm trying to plan for my plans not happening so that I, I'm not um, surprised by the fact that I can't do what I want to do. Mm -hmm. Does that make yeah. sense? Uh, completely. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like when you're trying to plan for somebody's death, but you know, no matter how much you try to prepare yourself, you're going to be devastated anyway. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's where I'm at right now. Um, and this has been such a crazy year, obviously. Mm -hmm. That's like an understatement and also so obvious um, that this is just par for the course as far as unprecedented and crazy and um unpredictable and so yeah i guess that's the only thing that i'm doing is like just trying to do the things that feel like they're gonna make me feel okay for a little bit mm -hmm. and taking it one step at a time um and not doing i'm trying not to get on to the my holiday agenda because my holiday agenda is very deep and wide and I always have a million things I want to get done before I leave. And I'm always like, my my ticker is going the 19th, the 19th, the 19th, you know. And so yeah. this year. Because that's when you leave. That's yeah. when I leave, exactly. So I'm yeah. always like, I've got to get this, 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 this done. i got to buy this. i got to go that. And, you know, I've got all the things that I've got to get done before I leave. And the funny thing is, is that I know most people, Christmas time is about buying a ton of gifts. Generally, that's not the biggest thing I've got to do. It's all the food I'm making yeah. and bringing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's yeah. like, I've got to buy five pounds of my favorite breakfast sausage <laughs> and freeze it so that I can bring it with me. And I've got to do this and I've got to make the gingerbread houses, <laughs> you know. So I guess um, this year it's more like, okay, just let's just do something that makes you feel joy right now or makes you feel peace or allows you to feel music. I've been listening to almost exclusively music and singing along has really helped me because I don't know about you, but I don't know why I'm getting all teary. <laughs> music really helps me. Um, yeah. And for a long time I was like podcast central and audiobook central and I wasn't listening to a lot of music and I've found it back again, you know, um, yeah, it just really helps kind of regulate my, uh, helps me to yeah. feel 
it helps me to feel yeah. and work through it, I guess. So that's what I've been doing. That and Anna Green Gables. Yeah. I've been listening, watching Anna Green Gables again. Cool. <laughs> the old version? Yep. Oh, oh, I might need to do that. It's comfort food, baby. Oh, man, Molly. I started, I was, I, you know, I've pretty much watched every, um, you know, old person British show that is around. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I thought, well, you know, because I don't know, it doesn't matter. A, a while ago, I finally tackled Monarch of the Glen and Brennan watched it with me. And <laughs> I like what I was saying is I've taken a deep dive into Hamish Macbeth. Ooh, it's Hamish Macbeth. Oh, it's an old. Did you ever watch? Um, the full monty yes it's one of the guys from the full monty Ooh. he also he also played rumpelstiltskin <laughs> oh i know him yeah. yeah so he plays this cop uh on the scottish coast of this very very small town oh i am in and they you know there's there's crime we're gonna no. put that in quotes crime yeah exactly but he you know he like handles it in the way it should be handled, which is to not handle it, but to talk right. or to, to try to figure out what the deeper issue is. Right. And it's funny. And it's, um, it sounds like the Scottish version of uh, the number one ladies detective agency. Yes. It's one of my favorites. Yes. Okay. So Hamish Macbeth. And where did you watch on prime? Ooh, I'm going to have to check yeah. that out. And uh, it is, it probably came out in the 90s, but it feels like you're watching the 80s. Or oh, yes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> back to you, Molly. I just love how you said, I just recently tackled the Monarch of the Glen. That made me crack up, by the way. <laughs> That's why well, I was laughing, because I was like, I'm just picturing you like, all right, I'm in, I'm going in. <laughs> well, no, I that, that must have been where it cut off. Brennan and I tackled the Monarch of the Glen yeah. a while ago. And it is it it is very similar, but the monarch of the Glen was the feel I was going to. And Todd was sitting on the couch with me and he was like, I'm starting to get this. He didn't call it obsession, but let's be honest. Um, <laughs> let's call it what it is. <laughs> he goes, You like a quirky person in a quirky town <clears throat> somewhere like Wales or yes. Ireland or Scotland. Yes. And just the silly but real things because they're yes. not they're always real things that happen to real people and I'm like yes because one there is conflict but it's just everyday human conflict right I'm not watching people get shot right and it's more slice of life yeah and mm -hmm. I don't I can just cozy up and make my <laughs> and make my pine baskets <laughs> <laughs> I love that I, because um... I am a 90-year-old lady. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's another thing that I've noticed recently. My my cousin who just had um, ankle surgery, like major surgery, where she cannot walk for like seven weeks. She's been on her. She's been on, say again. Shout out. Yeah, right. And she's been doing cross-stitch and sending me pictures of the things she's creating. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And the then I, re I remember she is not talented at all oh my gosh yeah she's not an artist or anything whatever <laughs> um, but like I remember last Christmas 
I was at my sister's house and the kids were going to have the two of their friends over for like a sleepover because their parents were going away for the weekend. So they were coming to stay with us for the weekend and they were going to do their own little Christmas. And of course my sister's kids were like super creative and they were like, let's make gifts. And Abby decided she wanted to make one of the girls a unicorn. So they got like all the fabric that they had. They just found like, Oh, this is, this is old sheet fabric that was, you know, around a set of sheets that they bought or whatever. And they laid it out flat. They figured out their own pattern. And then I sewed it for them because, you know, I, I like hand sewing. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just remember sitting there like throughout, throughout that two weeks that I was there, anytime we were sitting down and Avril was reading to the kids because she likes to read, um, Harry Potter to the kids and, um, and other books too. But I was sitting there sewing. And of course there were points at which, you know, there wasn't enough light or whatever. And so my brother-in-law got me a headlamp and I put that on and I had my old, my old reading granny glasses on. And I was like, I looked ridiculous, but I was having the time of my life because I think keeping your hands busy Mm. helps. Mm -hmm. And I'm realizing that there's a lot of people that are kind of going back to that. Um, that I, I was saying to my cousin last night, I get why people in winter time, you know, farmers, when they were inside, they would all sit there and do handwork because it helps keep you busy. Like it keeps your brain kind of busy, but it's also very soothing. Yeah. So I feel like pine baskets, it is Angie pine baskets. It is (laughs) just do it. Yeah. I mean, I kind of have replaced that with playing, um, stupid merge games on my phone but <laughs> whatever it takes whatever it takes. I know but if anybody has any hand sewing they want me to do yeah. I mean drop it off I'll do it while I'm sitting here because I do love the I love that concentration yeah it helps I, I think it does I think it's meditative it's yeah. like people that you know knit or crochet yep you can kind of turn off your mind or put your mind in that um yep middle space where yep. you can kind of listen to something but you or engage in conversation but still sort of pay attention to what you're doing yes. but you give it your full focus here's what i'm going to say to you this is the perfect formula for me for a cozy evening um because i rent a house and it doesn't have a fireplace i have netflix and i put the fireplace on my television and turn the sound up so it's nice and crackly mm-hmm. and then i have my Bluetooth speaker, I play some good music and I'll read a book or I'll, you know, if I have some activity to just sit here and do, it does help. It helps. <laughs> that sounds lovely. It is really lovely. And then if you want to do a warm drink too, I mean, recently what I've been doing is doing a blend of rooibos tea with um, like a little bit of spiced apple cider. Like Who's I put, the 90 year old lady now? I know. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I'm, I'm embracing the old. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, and maybe, I mean, I, I guess one other thing I want to ask you, and I, you, you've probably already sort of answered this, Molly, but yeah. do you have like a couple things that help you let yourself be? Do you know what I'm asking? Like, yeah. it's easy for me to say or for you to say oh I just you know listen to myself or I just you know don't do what doesn't feel good but I know Mm -hmm. 
that that has taken you years to build. Yep. And it's taken me years to build and it's still not built in me. I, I have to, you know, work on it. Yep. Pretty regularly. <laughs> You know, but is there... Not is me. There... I got it down, Angie. Yeah. Well, it's in your manifesto. <laughs> exactly. I mean, is there something that, you're, that you've taught yourself to do where you can go, yeah, nope, not going to do that? Or Right. Do you have a, do you have a go-to? Um, <clears throat> well, I think, okay, so in a couple of parts. First of all, I had to learn what my feelings were. So... Mm-hmm. I was so detached from my body and from my feelings when I started doing work that I didn't really know what I was feeling. Um, And I didn't even realize when I was upset or agitated or angry or anxious, I just was. And then it was all spilling over. And so the first thing for me was to identify where in my body I feel things and then to start to try to name them. Um, Mm. And so I've gotten to the point now where I can recognize how I'm feeling faster. And so when I recognize that I'm feeling anxious or sad or overwhelmed or despairing, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, I can say, okay, so you're feeling that way. And I've learned just by saying it over and over again to other people and to myself that the most important thing is to be gentle with yourself. And Mm so when I'm feeling that way, I know that I can be gentle with myself. And so I will literally say to myself, okay, you're feeling this way. What do you need? And then what do you want? And then Mm. how can you make that happen? And so I literally have like little dialogues with myself. And um, Mm -hmm. sometimes it takes a little bit more for me to get to that place because I'm so, there's so much noise of everything else that I can't really hear myself. And um, so I do, sometimes I do a tarot reading if I'm feeling really like needing some sort of confirmation and or needing, it's almost like I need to hear back that what I'm feeling is true. Mm -hmm. And so that helps, but it doesn't have to be tarot. If you're not into that, it could be anything that you do that helps you kind of listen to yourself. Yeah. Um, and so that's one way that I do it. I think most of the time it's just me stopping and saying, I'm feeling this way, like literally admitting to myself how I'm feeling Yeah. and admitting why perhaps if you, if you know, and if you don't, it's okay. But then also what would help me right now? And then doing that for myself, like in the end of October, I have this hard and fast rule that I don't turn the heat on until November. I know I'm one of those people. Um, I I slip into that too. <laughs> it's like it gets. I can get really religious about things, um, yeah. and so I this year it was there was a week where it was like in the 30s and 40s in yeah. October, and it, you know, which is really unheard of in in Oregon. And I was like, you know, and I could have made it through. It wasn't. I've done it before, but I was like looking at myself. I'm like, what am I trying to prove? <laughs> and who to exactly? Like I. I keep the heat at 60 most of the time and off at night. So it's not like I'm, I'm running the heat all the time. If I turn it up to 60 in October, is that going to hurt anybody's feelings? And I was like literally talking myself through it because I'm so like, for me, the way that I keep order or some sense of control in my life is to follow these rules. And um, I think I'm learning to let go 
of rules when they don't make sense rather than mm -hmm. live to follow the rules, like make the rules something that works for me. Yeah. And um, which I think is a kindness to me that I'm learning. Yeah. I mean, I think you are proving eloquent way my last two to three posts mm -hmm. and podcasts about nurturing yourself. Yeah. We Nobody can do it better for us than we can. Yeah. Nobody. There isn't. I mean, it's not wrong to want to be nurtured by other people. It's a human desire and and a need. Yeah. And also, ultimately, no one can give us truly what we need except ourselves Absolutely. or as good as mm -hmm. we can. Mm -hmm. And I think that you you said that so lovingly and beautifully. So thank you so much, Molly. Of course. <laughs> I really appreciate your time and coming back on the podcast. <laughs> Anytime, Angie. You know I love talking to you. <laughs> And and we do it a lot. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I love you. I love you too. I'll talk to you okay. soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Wow. I am so grateful for friends that drop wisdom bombs like Molly just did. I have so many people in my life that I can talk about emotional intelligence and well-being and boundaries and all that stuff with. I am very, very lucky and I am very grateful. Remember who you are, especially in this time. You are worth knowing, you are worth loving, you are worth being in this world. Music was done by Todd Michael Fadel and you can find me on AngieFadel.com, Angie Fadel Soul Care. Apparently I like to use my name a lot. <laughs> and um, till next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take the meaning and send them away.